0: Welcome to Everything Yesterday This Morning, a 15 to 20 minute daily recap of headlines you may have missed. Come for the news, stay for the snarky commentary. Good morning, my loyal and amazing. I love you and I appreciate you for tuning in. I have a great Palmetto State Armory deal of the day for you guys today. Winchesters five five six bulk one thousand rounds of ammo for only five forty nine ninety nine. It's fifty five grain full metal jacket, and frankly, pisses people like Letitia James off. So I felt a little obligated to pick this one for you guys today. Twenty attorney generals, all of which, when sworn in, took an oath of office that, in some form or fashion, is a commitment to administer justice equally; that they will faithfully and impartially discharge and perform all the duties as attorney generals under the Constitution. They submitted a letter to Stephanie Feldman at the White House's Office of Gun Violence Prevention. The letter states, Dear Director Feldman, we write to express concern about recent reports that billions, with a B, rounds, of military-grade ammunition manufactured at Lake City Army Ammunition Plant have been sold on the commercial market, leading to their use in many of the most tragic mass shootings in recent history. We ask your office to conduct an investigation into the contracting processes that led to this situation and to take action to ensure that military-grade And military subsidized ammunition stays out of civilian hands. According to recent reports, the ammunition made at Lake City for our military has been sold to civilians in mass quantities, leading to these bullets being used in mass shootings. This letter then proceeds to list a bunch of mass murders where the bullets were only able to come out of the gun because of a deranged, mind poisoned killer. Loaded them into a magazine, placed the magazine into the firearm, and then proceeded to pull the trigger, knowing damn good and well that they were in gun free zones and that murder is still illegal. The shooter in the Buffalo Massacre apparently discussed Lake City ammunition as, quote, the best barrier penetration ammo I can get. Sounds like a resounding advertisement for Lake City. But anyway, she said, Compounding the horror, the bullets used in this violence were subsidized by American taxpayers, as the federal government has apparently invested more than $860 million to improve production. Ammunition from Lake City is manufactured for military use and does not belong in our communities. Federal courts have repeatedly noted that the military nature of the 5.56 millimeter rounds which are used in military-issued rifles such as the M16, military-style weapons, and the ammunition specifically manufactured for them should be limited to military use. Even if military-grade ammunition were appropriate for the civilian market, its sale to private parties should not be subsidized by taxpayer dollars. In the short term, we ask your office to investigate the contracting and manufacturing practices that led to so many billions of military-grade rounds being sold into our communities, and to issue a public report with recommendations about how to end the diversion of military ammunition into civilian hands. Because only the government should have the ability to kill the citizens. They should not be able to defend themselves. That part wasn't in the letter. I'm just saying the quiet part out loud for her. Because she doesn't have the guts to do it herself. In the long term, we asked the White House to ensure that future production contracts prohibit the sale of military weapons and ammunition to civilians, to violate the Constitution. The states recognize the critical importance of military readiness in an uncertain world and of making sure that the military has adequate supplies and reserve production capacity in order to meet its needs. In the event of a crisis, well, maybe, just maybe, don't send all of our shit over to foreign countries, and then we don't have to worry about that. Nonetheless, the federal government can and must do more to ensure the weapons made for our military do not take the lives of innocent civilians at home, and that our tax dollars do not subsidize crime and violence or otherwise perpetuate the epidemic of gun violence in America. We salute President Biden for the creation of the White House Office of Gun Violence Prevention, and we ask you to take appropriate action. The government should have a monopoly on subsidized violence. Every person that signed off on this stupid letter deserves to lose their job post-haste. In the words of the greatest organization out there fighting for our rights, fuck you, no. Biden carrying around note cards with the appropriate list of reporters that he's allowed to call on and the answers to the questions that they're going to ask is indicative that this story does not seem so far fetched from being true. The Biden re election campaign has been taking reporters and editors from corporate media outlets to Wilmington, Delaware, in off the record trips. On the Biden team's agenda is to instruct the reporters on what they're getting wrong, with campaign officials invoking a coverage spreadsheet that discusses where the team believes the outlet's reporting is not up to par. A report from Semaphore details that the employees from outlets such as Washington Post, New York Times, and others have been given coverage spreadsheets to let journalists know where the campaign believes the outlets have done poorly. Biden officials have felt that the outlets have been focusing too much on the legal battles associated with former President Donald Trump, and they aren't paying much attention to Trump's statements on the campaign trail. A source familiar with the meetings told Semaphore that the meetings with the Biden campaign have been substantive and productive, except for a meeting with the New York Times. I don't know what that means. Um, Stemaphore also reported that Biden staffers would be meeting with other corporate media outlets in the coming days, including NBC, ABC, Fox, The Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg, NPR Reuters, and others at the campaign headquarters in Wilmington, in addition to this latest development about Biden's campaign telling corporate media how to function, Biden scolded reporters just a couple of weeks ago about the economy, saying that... They should be covering it in the right way. The off the record meetings come at a time when Biden's approval ratings have been hovering around 39 points, according to Real Clear Politics. The latest head to head polls with Trump and Biden, reported by RCP, indicate that Trump is ahead with a little over two points on average nationally, and if the election were to be held today with just the two candidates. When Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is added to the mix, Trump is up by an average of one point. At least three people were hospitalized after mistakenly eating colorful pods of liquid laundry detergent that were distributed as a campaign freebie in Taiwan's presidential race. One of the victims said she thought the pods were candy, uh, the pods came in partially clear packaging with photos of the Nationalist Party candidate, Hoi Yu He, and his running mate. Writing on the bag says, Vote for number three, the place on the ballot for the Nationalist ticket in a three way race, and that each pod can wash up to eight kilograms or 18 pounds of clothes. A Nationalist campaign office gave out about 460,000 pods. Hung Jung Chang, head of the office in central Taiwan, apologized for the incident. Looks like America is influencing that country more than we thought. In the next wave of house-to-house visits, we will not distribute this kind of campaign material, Hung said in a video that aired. We will also stress to our villager- villagers through our grassroots organizations that they are laundry balls, not cute. Those hospitalized included an 80-year-old man and an 86-year-old woman who were released after having their stomachs pumped. The Nationalist Party is also known by its Chinese name Kuomintang. I'm getting better at my Chinese. Um not my Taiwanese though. Who who how who is running against William Lai? Of the governing Democratic Progressive Party and Ko Wenji of the Taiwan People's Party in Saturday's election. The vote is being closely watched in both Beijing and Washington. As we all know, China claims Taiwan is part of its territory while the US continues to sell arms to the self governing island to defend against any attack. I mean, can we just talk about how weird it is that the candidate, their presidential candidate, is passing out laundry detergent as a gift. You're dirty. Wash your shit. Vote for me. doesn't quite have the ring to it that I imagine they think it does. Um, As if the SEC didn't hate Elon Musk enough and want another reason to crawl up his butthole, they said Tuesday that a post sent from the agency's account on the social platform X announcing the approval of a long-awaited Bitcoin exchange-traded fund Was actually unauthorized and that the agency's account was hacked. The price of Bitcoin briefly spiked more than $1,000 after the post on X. The SEC grants approval. This is what the, the tweet said, or whatever the post. The SEC grants approval for Bitcoin ETFs for listing on all registered national securities exchanges. Cryptocurrency investors had already driven Bitcoin's price above $46,000 in anticipation of the approval. An ETF would provide a way to invest in Bitcoin without having to buy the cryptocurrency outright on a crypto exchange such as Binance or Coinbase. But soon after the initial post appeared, SEC Chairman Gary Gensler said on his personal account that the SEC's account was compromised. And the SEC has not approved the listing and trading of spot Bitcoin exchange traded products. Gensler called the post unauthorized and not providing any further explanation. Welp, wrote Corey Clipston, who is the CEO of Swan Bitcoin on X. Like many Bitcoin investors, Clipston had been expecting the agency to approve Bitcoin ETFs potentially as soon as this week. The price of Bitcoin swung. From about 46,730 to just below 48,000 after the unauthorized post hit, and then dropped to around 45,200 after the SEC's denial. It was trading around 46,150 at 615. Shortly after Gensler's statement, it appeared that the SEC had gotten back control over the account. It was unclear exactly how the SEC's social media account was compromised in the first place. The Twitter safety account tweeted on Tuesday night that after a preliminary investigation by the platform, they determined that an unidentified individual got control of a phone number associated with the account through a third party. It did not elaborate, though. It said that it did compromise the SEC account or I'm sorry, it said that the compromised SEC account did not have two-factor authentication activated. Even before that news, politicians who have long expressed frustration at how Gensler operates the SEC, Republicans in particular, expressed anger at what they suggested were lax SEC security controls over its accounts. Just like the SEC would demand accountability from a public company if they made a colossal marketing market-moving mistake, Congress needs answers on what just happened. Uh, this is not the first time there's been a false market-moving information about the future of Bitcoin on regulated exchanges. A false report back in October implied that fund manager BlackRock had gotten approval for Bitcoin ETF, causing Bitcoin prices to jump sharply. That's true, though. So uh, Bill Hagerty of Tennessee is the congressman who made that comment. That's a very true comment. If in the United States, a business, Elon Musk, for example, went out and said, "Mm, I think I may be closing a couple Tesla plants and just speculated or even just like floated that idea out there, it would send Tesla stock into a tailspin dropping the price down significantly low. And then he could go buy a shit ton of shares or anybody could for that matter. And then Elon could come back and say, you know what, I've decided I'm going to go ahead and keep these production plants open. And the price will skyrocket again. And all those people will have made tons of money in that process. So and the SEC would then do what? They'd investigate them. So Big question is why, who who watches the watchers? Who's going to go after the SEC at this point? Um, did you know that we have a lunar spacecraft in outer space right now, and it was headed to land on the moon? Unfortunately, plans for a spacecraft's lunar landing have been scrapped due to a fuel leak, according to an American aerospace company. Astrobotic Technology said the Peregrine spacecraft, which was meant to land on the moon, has been operational for approximately 32 hours, in a statement posted to X, the platform formerly known as Twitter Tuesday. The spacecraft launched early Monday morning in Cape Canaveral. Given the propellant leak, there is unfortunately no chance of a soft landing on the moon. However, we do still have enough propellant to continue to operate the vehicle as a spacecraft. The team has updated its estimates, and we currently expect to run out of propellant in about 40 hours from now. An improvement from last night's estimate, Astrobiotics says it continues receiving valuable data, improving spaceflight operations for components and software related to its next lunar landing mission. The Pittsburgh based aerospace company said Monday that an anomaly was stopping the spacecraft from achieving a stable sun pointing position that was tampering with its ability to receive solar energy. Flight engineers had been able to orient Peregrine in the direction of the sun to get solar energy, but then lost communication with it. Overnight, the team faced another spacecraft pointing issue, but continues to persevere. The spacecraft started to tilt away from the sun and reduced its solar power generation. The team was able to update the control algorithm and fix this issue. The batteries are at full charge. The company aimed to be the first private business to successfully land on the moon. A second private new lunar landing project is due to launch next month. Peregrine and the upcoming project are both backed by the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, or NASA. Somewhere in space, someone or something is laughing at the petri dish that is Earth. The Fulton County Georgia prosecutor, with whom District Attorney Fannie Willis allegedly had an improper romantic relationship, met with the Biden administration twice last year. Not just the administration, but specifically the White House as he worked to investigate former President Trump's alleged election interference, according to court documents. According to a new filing from a co-defendant in the Trump case, Willis hired Special Prosecutor Nathan Wade, her alleged partner, to prosecute Trump and benefited financially from the relationship in the form of vacations the two took using funds that his law firm received For working the case. But also embedded in the filing are invoices for the law offices of Nathan J. Wade. One invoice calls attention to Fulton County District Attorney's Office. Wade billed the county for a May 23rd event described as Travel to Athens conference with White House counsel. Wade charged $2,000 for eight hours at $250 an hour. Several months later, Wade billed for interview with DC White House on November 18th. Wade had again charged $2,000 for eight hours at $250 an hour. The subject of the meetings remains unclear. Fannie Willis, sorry for the pauses, I've got a tickle in my throat. Uh, Fannie Willis's alleged romantic partner, special prosecutor, Coordinated with the White House while building the political prosecution of Donald Trump, Senator Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee posted in reaction to the filing, all on the taxpayer dime. Meanwhile, Fulton County records show Wade has been paid nearly $654,000 in legal fees since January of 2022, an amount authorized by the district attorney, which is Willis, in this case. The revelations come as part of a motion that was filed on behalf of former Trump campaign official Michael Roman, a co defendant in the case, in a bid to have the charges against him dismissed. It cites sources close to both the special prosecutor and the district attorney as confirming they had an ongoing personal relationship. The filing also calls for the entire district attorney's office, including Willis and Wade to be disqualified from prosecuting the case. In August, Willis charged Trump out of her investigation into his alleged efforts to, quote, overturn the 2020 presidential election in the state. Trump was charged with one count of violation of the Georgia RICO Act, three counts of criminal solicitation, six counts of criminal conspiracy, and one count of filing false documents, two counts of making false statements. Trump pleaded not guilty to all charges. Roman, alongside Trump, was hit with a racketeering charge as part of Willis's case and was charged with seven felony counts late August. This revelation, coupled with the accusation that Joe Biden retroactively reclassified documents in coordination with the National Archives and then sent the FBI to Mar-a-Lago to retrieve said documents, looks a little bit like Joe Biden is letting his dictator show. Plastic is everywhere from the Arctic ice to the human placenta. In fact, which is really by the way to say that out loud. In fact, previous estimates suggest that the average person ingests a credit card worth of microscopic plastic particles every week. Reading this sentence blew my mind for a minute, and then I remembered the same people who also said we were going to die and kill our relatives if we left our house for two and a half years are the same people that are announcing this. But new research research shows that this could actually be an understatement. Microplastics refer to any plastics that are smaller than five millimeters or 0.2 inches long. They can be found in industrial waste and various beauty products and can also be formed during the degradation of larger pieces of plastic waste. Over time, the microplastics can break down even further, so then they're called nanoplastics. These nanoplastics are so tiny, they can pass through our intestines and lungs directly into our bloodstreams and travel through our bodies into our vital organs, including our hearts and our brains most of these plastic particles are washed into the ocean, which contains somewhere between 50 and 75 trillion pieces of plastic. Eventually, these plastics end up in our food and waterways. While the idea of eating plastic is unsettling in itself, the major concern is that these plastic particles contain chemicals that can interrupt the body's natural release of hormones, potentially increasing our risk of reproductive disorders and certain cancers. They can also carry toxins on the surface, like heavy metals. In the past, researchers have shown bottled water can contain tens of thousands of identifiable plastic fragments in a single container. However, until recently, only the larger microplastics were detectable with available measuring tools. The realm of the nanoplastics was largely a mystery. Previously, this was just a dark area, uncharted. Toxicity studies were just guessing what was in there. Big Coke got to them. They want us to stop drinking bottled water. In a newspaper published in the Journal of Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, Jan and colleagues employed cutting-edge technology to assess this uncharted territory. This opens a window where we can look into a world that was not exposed to us before. Using a technique called Raman Scattering Microscopy. Microscopy. It is so late and I'm so tired. This is 10 to 100 times larger than previous estimates. These plastics likely originate from the bottle material filters used to purify the water and the source water itself. The team hoped to expand their research into tap water and other water sources to better inform our exposure to these potentially hazardous particles. Really makes you start to think about that BPA-free sticker that's all over everything that comes over from China. Speaking of China, they're going to close out our show this morning. China's spy agency said Monday, the head of a foreign consultancy has been found to be spying for Britain's MI6 intelligence service. The Ministry of State Security said in a post on China's WeChat social media platform that Britain's secret intelligence service known as MI6 used a foreign national with the surname Huang to establish an intelligence cooperation relationship. Huang, who headed a foreign consulting agency, entered China several times under instructions to use their public profile as a cover to collect China-related intelligence for Britain and seek other personnel whom MI6 could turn. The statement did not provide further details of Huang's identity or employer or describe their current condition or whereabouts. Huang allegedly passed 17 pieces of intelligence, including confidential state secrets, to MI6 before he was identified. The ministry also claimed he had received professional intelligence training in Britain and had used specialist spying equipment to send communications. The MSS said an investigation had promptly discovered criminal evidence that Huang was engaged in espionage activities and took criminal coercive measures in accordance with the law. Britain's embassy in Beijing directed an AFP request to comment to the foreign office in London, which did not immediately respond. China and Britain have traded barbs in recent months over allegations of espionage and its resulting impact on national security. Britain's government has warned that Chinese spies are increasingly targeting officials. Think about the prostitution ring in wherever that was, Baltimore, Maryland, whatever. Allegations that Beijing has denied. A researcher at the British Parliament was arrested last year under the Official Secrets Act and subsequently denied spying for Beijing. China, which has a broad definition of state secrets because they believe they own them all, has publicized several other alleged spying cases in recent months. China also conducted raids last year on a string of big-name consulting research firms and last May, China said that it had raided the offices of the US consultancy firm CapVision in order to safeguard its quote national security and developmental interests. Beijing also Beijing also ooh, questioned staff at the Shanghai branch of another American consultancy, Bain in April, and authorities detained workers and shuttered a Beijing office belonging to a US-based due diligence firm Mintz Group in March. The U.S. government and its chambers of commerce warned that the raids damage investor confidence and the operations of foreign businesses in China. Well, maybe, I know this is such a foreign concept, but maybe you should invest in the United States instead of businesses in China. I'd call me crazy. I know it's really out there. I'm just a mom in Indiana. James Zimmerman, a business lawyer who works in Beijing, told CBS News that uh, the raids had spooked foreign businesses. Everything's a threat, you know. Unfortunately, in that kind of environment, it's very difficult to operate when everything is viewed as a national security matter. It looks as if anything you could do could be considered spying. Dude's probably going to get arrested now for spying after doing this interview. Zimmerman uh, said that Leaders were beginning to rewrite their strategic plans just because of the tension between China and the West. Noting that the increase in scrutiny from Chinese authorities makes it politically very risky for them. That is your Wednesday edition of Everything Yesterday. This morning, as always, we are uh, doing book club this evening at ten fifteen Eastern Standard Time on Twitter Spaces. You are more than welcome to join us. We are reading the Anti-Federalist Papers and the Constitutional Convention notes. I would love to have you guys there. It's been incredibly interesting, which by the way, did you know that at one point in time in the founding of this country, there was a consideration to have three presidents instead of one? Learned that. You guys should come. You might learn something too. You guys take care. Have a wonderful Wednesday. I will see you next week. Or not next week. Friday. I'll see you on Friday. If you like today's show, be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications so you never miss an episode. Also, please don't forget to check out ShouseInTheHouse.com and never forget that free men do not need permission from any government. Have a great day.